Good evening, you are listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. With me tonight is my regular co-panelist, Troy Goodfellow. Troy, welcome to the show. Good evening, everyone. Zooby, zooby, zoo. <laughs> I just watched Mad Men, if you can't tell. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, I can tell. Yeah, I, we, we, we picked up on the reference. Jessica yeah. Paré makes my heart melt. And we do know how you love your tunes. I do. I love them being sung by very cute French girls. So we can French Canadian. Even better. As you might be able to tell, we are also joined by our brand new business partners and our good friends, the Idle Thumbs Gang, starting with Chris Remo. Hello. Awesome. That magnetic charisma that Idle Thumbs is known for, like, prepare yourself, Three Moves Ahead listeners, for the full blast of their charm. To we be signed up to enthusiasm. Oh, man, and zangin'. Uh, and we also have Sean Vanneman. Hey guys, how's it going? And Jake Rodkin. Hello, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, you just did full Garth. I know. Hi, I, I, I like to play. Hi, hey guys. guys. You know, for a clownfish, he's not that funny. Oh, come on, Finding Nemo? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, so we're here to discuss, well, kind of what it is we're all doing together. You know, one of the one of the things we got, even within Three Moves Ahead, uh, from Bruce, namely, was what really is a podcast network? What are the advantages that come with this? Uh, and then we also got a few questions about how this is going to change things. Uh, so we just kind of want to talk about, you know, how how this came about, what we have planned. You know, I guess this is also an opportunity for a bit of a like a statement of purpose, like you know, what the hell is the Idle Thumbs Network? Uh, you know, really going to be, and why is it more advantageous than just kind of you know, being just a couple guys on a mic. Uh, so those are all, all things I wanted to address. Uh, and actually, you know, that that seems like a good place to start because, you know, I was really excited when Chris first told me about, like, what you guys had planned for the Idle Thumbs Network. And I just want you to maybe talk us through, like, when you started working on this idea and when you decided that you needed to uh, do something bigger and better with the podcast than you've done before. Well, I think the reason we started, we had that idea of, of doing what we're now calling a network was actually just because I think Sean and I originally were talking to each other about the idea of also launching a book podcast when we when we relaunched Idle Thumbs, the video game podcast. And so at that point, it was just, all right, we're going to we're going to need a site that can have two podcasts on it. And as we were talking about what that meant, we figured, well, we could just design a site that has two podcasts on it, or we could design a site that supports just multiple different numbers of podcasts, you know, theoretically any number. Um, and then from that point, it, it was just a more kind of organic discussion between the three of us about what that could possibly mean. And we extrapolated that out to various different scenarios. And we really didn't have anything firmly in mind, I don't think, as a concrete goal. And then when, uh, Rob, that night you were out here in San Francisco visiting, um, I think you actually initially said, well, if you guys want a strategy game podcast, um, we'd, we'd be up for talking about it. And then I that was think- like, that was a thing for me where we'd always talked about the con I, in my brain, the content had always been just, okay, it'll be us three and Nick and Steve and whoever we can get. And then, oh, we'll do it this type of, we'll just change the subject matter. The idea that there would be cast that we also listened to that we liked that would want to like hitch hitch their wagons together was sort of that was 
very sort of revelatory when you brought that up. Yeah. And we were in the middle of putting together the Kickstarter, and I was like, "What? We don't even know if we're <laughs> able to support ours." <laughs> you know, so uh, it was a really exciting sort of pie in the sky thing. But um, it, I don't think we said, "Let's bring Idle Thumbs back," and then whilst doing so, like get all our cool friends to join in on the on the on the fun. Right. But now we realize we have the opportunity to do that, so why the hell not? Yeah, so it's pretty good. Yeah. Right, but I also remember, like, you know, as we were discussing uh, your plans, Chris, you you know, Mm -hmm. you guys were talking about this was clearly, like, much more ambitious than I'm used to for from most podcasts. Like, uh, you know, just, just a lot of detail about, like, how you're going to run the site, uh, you know, how you're going to support the podcast financially. And... Relating to, well, go on. I was just going to say, I mean, almost similar to the other to the other stuff we're discussing. A lot of that stuff came out entirely out of just organic, like design work and discussion ourselves. Like Jake is the main designer on all of our web stuff, and he and I often will just sit down together for a few hours and bang out new design concepts. And when we were working on the front page design for our upcoming relaunch, which you know hopefully is um, done in the near future. as we were thinking like what content would go on this page, uh, a lot of the things we were tossing around ended up turning into things that now we see as part of what Idle Thumbs, like the website or the network is. And as we were thinking about what would be on a page for another show, like another entire uh, series, what what would that have on it and so on. A lot of it for us also comes from just, uh, just basically being being fans of or not even fans of it being users of the internet and users of a lot of media sites and like listeners of podcasts, readers of web pages that cover games and just asking what would you want as the person who's consuming this stuff? Like when I, when I've been working with Chris on the Idle Thumbs site and when we were planning this stuff for the Kickstarter, most of the, most of the ideas that came up sort of were born out of why isn't someone else doing this? We, yeah. I mean, we have a, a couple of really awesome web programmers. I'm a graphic designer. We can probably just make the site that we would like someone else to make just for ourselves. And then that's sort of, that was the realization of, oh, well, if we have someone else here, they'd probably appreciate it too. Yeah. And then, uh, so I was, I mean, that sort of that idea of while we're putting together things, what could be, and let's just make the thing that we would like the most. I think it's kind of permeated the entire process from the moment Chris talked about coming back to now. I think even just if you look at the the stuff we put together for the Kickstarter, whether it's a shirt, you know, like what is the shirt we want to wear? What is the shirt that we think is the coolest one we can make? Or, you know, working with uh, Brendan Chung at Blendo Games on 30 Flights of Loving, it's, you know, what would be awesome to see in the world, that game that I wish existed. So I think, you know, and that extrapolates all the way out to you guys. Yeah, like, oh, it would be great if our podcast had a really community focused place on the site and, you know making it really clean to uh, to browse, browse between series, browse between episodes, to feature content that community members are contributing to us and that sort of thing. Like, And I, and I think that Idle Thumbs, like a lot of people don't know, especially people who know us specifically through the podcast, Idle Thumbs has been around since 2004 as an editorial site in one form or another. And so I think it's actually something where, like looking back, Idle Thumbs has been a lot of things over the years and it's had a forum community that is persisted since 2004. There's still people on our forums who have been posting there ever since basically day one. And so I think we're kind of accustomed to the idea of Idle Thumbs not just being one specific like product or output. Um, And so, but we've never really looked at it from a holistic standpoint and said, 
what is what is all this stuff that we're doing with Idle Thumbs? It's always just been whatever like podcast or site or community has popped up at the time. And so I think what we're doing right now is trying to put in place something that has a strong identity to it, has strong community to it, uh, has, like these guys were saying, all of the things that we think a site like this should have to be really usable and just kind of a nice place to be on the internet and uh, be able to host good content from us and people we like. You know, earlier this week I was listening to uh, The Geek Box, uh, and I think it was, oh God, was it Karen Chu? Mm-hmm. So, is, so they were discussing they were discussing the Idle Thumbs Kickstarter, and the question mm-hmm. came up: What the hell do you guys need with one hundred thirty thousand dollars or whatever it was? Yeah, well, uh, how much, like <laughs> what does it I take mean, to make a podcast? Yeah, we, can, we can definitely address that. We didn't we didn't ask for that much money. First of all, we were like <laughs> extraordinarily shocked when the Kickstarter went over. And we're extremely thankful as well. I mean, it's been amazing. Yeah, uh, I mean, but it definitely we didn't expect it. What was whatsoever. the final tally? One thirty-six something nine seventy-four something like yeah. that. I don't know. We 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 talked about this on our own cast, but the the day before we put up the Kickstarter that uh, that night, we were just sitting in our kitchen, like chewing through our nails, like drinking heavily. Just <laughs> and like, there's an epic meltdown. Yeah, we're just yeah, like, yeah, thank I, God that was not. I couldn't oh my God. Like, we have like, a transcript <laughs> of it. Yeah, but, we actually. Yeah. Oh, that's true. In the campfire. Yeah, right. yeah, we use a product called Campfire for like this collaborating together. It's, it's just a chat thing. But it keeps extensive records, so I'm sure we can go back. <laughs> did did you guys seriously have like a panic attack? Like where? Oh like, yeah, oh, it was a, like, and it's did. funny to like, ha ha ha. We had a meltdown. I'm saying it was like a legitimate existential meltdown amongst yeah. every member. No, we in, a, in their yeah. own unique way. Jake just sat in his office, sort of like teetering. <laughs> yeah, Chris and I were just um, barking at each other in the campfire, slapping each other. Get it together. But the, the it was bad. yeah, it was not a night I would like to have ever again. I mean, we really didn't think we didn't know if this thing was going to work. I mean, obviously, we we hoped it would and we planned for it, too. But and we've we, all yeah. we really didn't actually have a lot of confidence about it. And we all kind of connect to Idle Thumbs like really differently. And like it's a big part, especially of Jake and Chris. Like these guys have been at this since, you know, for eight years. Like this is a huge part of this, their like professional identity. So to go on the internet and say $30,000, which we thought was an absurd amount, but then the way we sort of budgeted it out, we said $30,000 is two years. Boom, let's do that. Yeah, yeah what, but what we were... the idea of failing so publicly with something that's so personal, I think eventually after we probably started in November, I guess, working on this thing. So no, after four months, that, October. yeah, October, yeah. After four or five months, I think it was the first time where the real possibility of failure hit and it was, it hit hard. Because yeah. I think, and then I think it it wouldn't have if it was just oh we have this kooky idea let's throw it up on the internet and see what happens and, you know no harm no foul like failing on this meant oh change your email address because Idle Thumbs doesn't <laughs> exist anymore you know and that was a pretty big it's a pretty big deal erase yeah, for us, all like, records of yourself on the internet we were sitting there thinking like oh we've already started talking to the three moves ahead guys they know we're doing this <laughs> those guys are awesome this will just we'll look like idiots but uh, well, the the original thirty thousand dollars was originally split amongst we wanted a studio space for ourselves because we uh, we really like recording in the same room we think it's really important to the dynamic of our particular cast also we're in san francisco so yeah, yeah. it's um, pretty much the priciest real estate market in the country after new york that plus our server bills which we expected to to go up as we added more and more casts and we kind of had an idea of what it was from hosting the archive for the last couple of years um and then obviously we wanted to do all the crazy stuff within the kickstarter campaign itself 
and yeah. that sort of became a weird it was meta an portion of the campaign. budget because we had to pay yeah, for all that stuff. Yeah. So it's going, yeah, we're going to be if, spending a lot of money. You know, I think very months. candidly, like if if somebody said how to run a successful Kickstarter campaign, obviously like ours is incredibly successful, but if you're looking to raise a bulk giant chunk of cash, don't do it the way we did it. Nope. Just because, you know, I mean, there's not a single tier that wasn't, that isn't a pretty sizable investment, you of know, time and up money. Front. I mean, and I mean, and we, those yeah. are things we were investing in before the Kickstarter went up. So the idea of how, like, how are we going to pay these things back? Oh God, we hope this works. It was just really stressful, but and like, we're happy to do all those things, like, you know, are we, kick, we're, yeah. yeah, we didn't want to do it any other way. We wanted to do it like the, everything we're doing at every tier of the Kickstarter is something we want to do. And we want, if we can't do these things as a part of Idle Thumbs, then we're just going for broke. If we can't do these, then we're not going to do it. But and at the same it. time, we realized like later on, sort of in the midst of the existential crisis of the last night, almost all the rewards inside of our Kickstarter, especially the bigger ones, are things that people do a whole Kickstarter campaign for. So don't do that if you're doing a Kickstarter. Right. Yeah, don't, <laughs> do an don't, e don't do an EP. Don't do an EP and an indie game inside of your Kickstarter. Right, as rewards for your real Kickstarter. I mean, that's, that's the thing about our Kickstarter is that people ask why we ask for that money. And I think we've talked a lot of about it just now. But also, it's because even to do like the minimum possible run that we want to do of all these rewards that we're promising in our Kickstarter, uh, you kind of need to hit a certain threshold of like quantity and just total money you're willing to spend on it. Like if you're going to go out and press a vinyl record for some weird reason, like I don't know why we're doing that. Um, and like essentially publish some guy's game and do like a t-shirt with gold foil uh, screen printing. I mean, it's just weird stuff we're doing, but we're really excited. I mean, the reason we're doing those things is because we think they're going to be awesome and we're excited about it. Um, but we're believe me, we're my God, we're not. I also be feel like had we had we made thirty thousand yeah, dollars, had we made thirty in a dollar, we would have been so fucked. We would have been screwed. <laughs> so I don't know if we oh can swear God. on three moves ahead, but uh, we would have been screwed. This because our net would have been so low. We didn't think about this until after. By the way, we ran the numbers a few different ways, but I think we did them in a very like optimistic. It'll yeah. be okay. <laughs> so I mean, to answer the question, to get right down to it, what do you need a hundred thousand dollars for in a podcast? You don't, but we're not clearly doing a podcast. We've got a lot of things in the works. And now that we have the the largesse that we have, you know, we wanna we wanna grow in the spirit of thumbs that Chris was alluding to, you know. It's not just we're not all gonna, you know, buy cars and do a podcast and that's the end of it. You know, we have a real plan. And I, you know. buy three really questionable cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I honestly I, I hope three ninety nine I... civics, please. <laughs> I, I hope and I do I do think that when we're I mean we're in the middle right now of getting all this stuff printed up and you know we're finding, figuring out our solutions to fulfill all these orders and we, we're that stuff's all on the way and I think that when there are a couple thousand people around the world who have all this stuff in their hands and when our website's relaunched and it's us and three moves ahead is on it and all the, everything is functional I think people are going to have a much more tangible idea of why all this stuff is really cool. I mean, I think I can understand why to a lot of people it's very uh, just ambiguous right now. Like right. it's just this, it's this page where we pro we say we're a podcast and we're asking for this money and we've all these weird things that look like they have nothing to do with a podcast that we're giving away. But like, I, I really think that once the site is relaunched and once all this stuff is out there as physical artifacts in the world, it's gonna make a lot of sense. And I think people are gonna think it's really cool. This just seems like you know a, a good a good point to talk about like 
you know what, what like what these podcasts you know really mean to all of us and I, you know that's that's a good question mm-hmm. for you as well Troy because you know one of the things you, you said repeatedly actually is uh you know and forgive me if I'm taking this too far and putting mm-hmm. words in your mouth but you said like if you if you're proud of anything in your career it's it's three moves ahead oh yeah this is easily the best thing I've ever done professionally as far as you know games journalism or games writing I mean it's uh it started relatively small just I wanted to get I was inspired by other podcasts. I mean, it's like a lot of other podcasts. I was it was a Games for Windows one from you know Jeff Green and Sean Elliott and Ryan Scott. Yeah, you know, saying it became for a lot of people. You know, oh, here's Sean Elliott saying funny things he reads off the internet. But for me, it was all the really great discussion they had. And, you know, those are some really really smart guys there. I mean, uh, Games for Windows Absolutely. had was some of the smartest discussions of gaming on the internet for a long time. And I'm sorry the podcast's not going anymore. Uh, so I was thinking, you know, why can't I? do that for strategy, for strategy games. I tried to get this going. I did it started pretty small. Uh, our first the episode one, to people who are new to Three Moves Ahead, episode one uh, doesn't exist anymore because Julian Murdoch's track was missing. So it's <laughs> the internet. But you still published it, and it was the most surreal I, goddamn it was, thing. It was, it was like the invisible man I was still on your published, podcast. I, still, I wanted to get that damn thing out. Instead of editing his voice, because people were talking to him, it was just too much trouble for me to edit. It was a... It was an experiment. I just wanted to make sure I could do it and publish it. And it was a really weird thing. So it'd be like these two-minute silences in the middle. That's right, Julian, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. It was really, really weird. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, then finally Bruce Garrick said, take that goddamn thing down. Uh, and he's right. I did. <laughs> so it starts with episode two. What? And it started small, but it just it started growing bit by bit, starting with a quarter to three community where... Tom let it have a bit of a home for a while until it found its own feet and its own voice. Uh, but I built a, built a strong audience and really great discussions. The development community embraced us almost immediately because they said, look, you guys talk about design. And that was something that was missing on the podcasts, they felt. They talked about you know how the game was fun, the things they remember when they were playing it, but didn't talk about it in design terms. Uh, that's what developers liked about us. So they pointed other developers to us. Um, at the time, there weren't a lot of shows that, and this was only three years ago, there weren't a lot of podcasts that just had you know, like one topic, and that was it. Most gaming podcasts jumped through the news, and that was what they did. Um, we pick a topic, and we stick with it, and we beat it to the grid death. Um, that's just uh, sometimes t- too long and sometimes too short. I mean, people have said, wow, that podcast is only 80 minutes long. Why didn't you go longer? It's it's fucking 80 minutes long. I kind of have to, you know, I I can't go any longer than 80 minutes. Even 60 minutes is a stretch for me on some topics. Uh, But it became something very special and just got better and better and better. Um, Then, you know, Rob came on board and I felt very, very happy to pass uh, the ranks on to him. And he moved from, I mean, when I did, it was a very, very regular panel and we'd have guests on. He's, Rob's panel, uh, it... He calls us regular panelists, but his panel shifts dramatically from week to week, month to month, bringing in a lot of the rock, paper, shotgun guys and you know PC gamers people have been here more often, as well as uh, a lot of our old friends who've been on for many times. And it's just just seeing it grow and seeing it find, seeing it being mentioned in random forums, um, finding new listeners constantly. I mean. I'm th- I mean, when Tom Check and I talked about this when we were doing it, he said, you know, this is so much fun. We should we do it for only 25 people, wouldn't we? I said, hell yeah, I'd do it for 25 people. But now I'm doing it for, you know, what, 3,000 fresh downloads for every new podcast a week. Um, uh, and we're, we're, 
Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, the best. Just, I mean, just for just for, for the new ones. I mean, first back podcast. I mean, this week's just been crazy uh, with uh, the Idle Thumbs news. I think we've got like ten thousand this week alone. This has been insane. Uh, so it's it is the best thing I've ever done, and I'm happy to see it grow. And I was uh, when I mentioned this opportunity to one of my good friends. You know, she said, you know, she's very protect. She's as protective as she moves ahead as, as I am. And she wanted to make sure I wasn't jumping in with both feet because she's been on the entertainment side of the business. And she wanted to make sure that I wasn't, you know, giving anything away. I said, oh no, these are good people. I, they're, I, I trust. So, yeah, but do you really trust them? You know, what are they? <laughs> well, what, what are they going to? What, what do they get out of it? I said, well, they they, they get me. Yeah, no, no, really. What do they really get out of this? Uh, you're not quite enough, Troy. You're not that special. I said, Look, okay. <laughs> So we talked through it, and then we had this. Th- we had the Skype call, and you know, I was when Rob mentioned this to me. I was just th- that just just makes perfect sense. Um, I've had you know, I've been some concern from from listeners. I hope said your shows are just way too different. Uh, the Idle Thumb Show and Three Moves Ahead shows, two of my favorite podcasts, are very different from each other. Uh, and there's, I I know there are commenters who are thinking, well, how the hell does this mix? And the, I guess the whole point is that we don't mix. Yeah, it, totally. Yeah. Well, one of the things I was going to say earlier is that when, you know, as Jake and Sean were saying, a lot of this is what's what's a site we would want to see. And I think there are actually examples of the kind of site we're, we're trying to build, maybe not identical in terms of tone or, or personality <laughs> or whatever, but there are definitely other kind of collectives of podcasts out there for other topics, like sort of tech tech related things and uh, like comics and and stuff like that, and I there doesn't seem to me to be one that identifies primarily around uh, really interesting discussion about video games. And so I think, I mean, sure, our shows are are quite different in a lot of ways. Definitely, ours is a bunch of raucous idiots being dumb and occasionally having a thought. But and, uh, <laughs> but that was actually the first title. That was actually the first title card of the Kickstarter. We decided to change it and yeah. actually use some real lods. Um, but definitely they're a, a lot more similar than if you were just to pick two podcasts out there, right? I mean, yeah. people sure. like that we talk about video games uh, to some degree of, of seriousness. We do that in very different ways. Right. Um, and it may not always be the exact same people who, uh, to whom each of those ways appeal. Uh, but I, I think it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I also think the tonal differences in the two casts is actually what's it makes it such the right fit. Yeah, we got exactly. excited about it because yeah. of the contrast between the two. We want to be able to go to idlethumbs.net and listen to Three Moves Ahead because I want to be able to go there and listen to something. And I'm sure as hell not going to listen to myself. <laughs> you know? yeah, so yeah, let's just get the one that we like. I, I, think it's, I think it's a really good mix. I think that there, the, there's a lot of overlap in the audiences. You know, people have... People listen to our shows for different reasons. Um, and I mean, people listen to Three Moves Ahead for different reasons. People who don't play strategy games listen to Three Moves Ahead. Um... And people who aren't wizards listen to Idle Thumbs. So it's, <laughs> uh, How dare you? How no, dare you? Ama- amazing. <laughs> so it's uh, I I'm, I was built, when Rob mentioned to me, it just made perfect sense to me um, because you know I have followed you guys and I have listened to the podcast. I know you guys do amazing work. So I knew it would be a move that I was very interested. I needed to hear more about. But you know, th- th- this is my baby, and Three Moves Ahead is uh, it's something I had to give something up. Um, I'm giving up a little bit of control. I mean, I had to. I was going to bring Rob on as a co-owner, anyway, because he has, you know, run the show so brilliantly for the last year. I just want to give Rob total props for that. Um, I have 
repeatedly, and I'm going to keep doing it uh, because the show has just grown so great under his, both in scope and in audience under his direction. So I was going to bring him on in ownership as a co-owner eventually, but this just kind of hastened it. Said, okay, you know, it's, he, he's bringing this proposal to us, and you know, Rob thinks this is a good idea, and it's Rob thinks it's a good idea, then we've got to make sure he's willing to buy in. And if he's going to buy in, it, this is something that's important. Um, so, you know, it's, and this was, you know, it, it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to be able to say that Three Moves Ahead is now strong enough. It's strong enough to stay, it can stand on its own so it can stand with someone else. It can be part of a network because it's healthy enough. It's not going to be subsumed by idle thumbs. All of you people thinking that we're going to be start doing nothing but console games. What's funny about that is that we barely even talk about console games anymore. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know. know. It's getting bad. Does... I feel like I have to play more of them, actually, lately. Oh, it's kind of a thing yeah, I've that... myself. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll but, once um, you, get, yeah, you guys, make, just make sure, I know you guys, for the next episode, we mentioned your kind of your Far Cry 2 quota, and you guys were a little under uh, on the previous episode. <laughs> but we'll get those numbers up. We'll get those numbers up, yeah, and it'll uh, be good. Uh, you know, we'll get you, we'll get you on brand. <laughs> once the iPad Far Cry collectible card game comes out, we're going to be all over. Oh, man. All right. That's that's when three moves ahead really <laughs> jumps yeah, on the Far Cry right. two wagon. <laughs> that's how that's that is how low we have sunk. Yeah. So th- this this is. This but, is I mean, it might actually. Video. Sorry, I don't mean. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say it might actually just your listeners might appreciate us just saying outright like you guys are controlling every piece of content that gets yeah. put on the air. We hear yeah. the MP3 the same way you you guys do off the RSS feed. Right. Like yeah, we don't own any. Th- Three moves ahead podcast content, nor do we want to. Yeah. And we also just actually yeah. from a bit, I mean, not that it's anybody's business, but business side, we don't own anybody. We don't act, we don't have any rights to the content. You guys are still yeah. complete owners of the content. Um, and uh, so, I mean, you know, we'll definitely, you'll see what the new Idle Thumbs site is like and what Three Moves Ahead is on Idle Thumbs, but expect to be able to go to a website that is just Three Moves Ahead stuff right there, the casts, yeah. the archive. Um, yeah, not that I yeah, want our listeners stuff. to oh, just do that. I do want our listeners to check out Idle Thumbs. I definitely want. We'll, we'll make sure that. Happens. Oh, I don't. Just, yeah, every actually jump. every link on your website will actually be a shadow link that jumps them to <laughs> uh, episode fifty-one, burning down the Wolfman. Such uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely one one aspect of this where there is a bit more cross pollination uh, at least for the readers who want it the listeners i'm sorry uh we call them readers uh you're gonna have to start doing that too Um, (laughs) but we're you know i I don't know when specifically this is going to happen but soon we're going to have uh three moves ahead dedicated forums on our forums and so people who want to talk about your podcast or about strategy games or whatever, they can either stay there or they can also post in the rest of the Idle Thumbs forum community or whatever. And so that, that'll that be a place where the the broader network itself has some community yeah, and yeah. then the people who post there can choose how insular they want to be, you know, with yeah. their very specific community. And I mean, just to, you know, just to, from the value add standpoint for us, it's, you know, there's a lot, especially in the popular game media, there's a lot of a certain type of fan, you know? And I think we have a lot of this, like the way our fans think and enjoy games and the way the readers sort of engage with us and engage with the things we talk about is very similar to the way yours do, even though the tone is different, the subject matter could be a little different. So for us, it just makes, I mean, you know, we're not, nobody here I think has taken one credit hour of business school. I think we're all just designers and musicians and artists and whatever we are. But we, for us, it's just how do we get more of those same people in the place, yeah. in the same place, 
like there's no downside to that for us. So, you know, we didn't have to run any numbers or think about metrics. It was just, well, they probably have a bunch of people who don't know our guys and we probably have a bunch of guys who don't know their guys. So let's just put them a little closer together on the map and see what happens. You know? Yeah, and that, the see what happens part is pretty important because all your questions from, you know, as you were summarizing what the questions people had, you know, what's a podcast network? What does this mean? Well, I mean, we're going to find out because we're going to try it and see. Yeah. So a lot, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, totally. we definitely have a lot of plans for the site and we've talked about some of them and there's other stuff that we're that's still in kind of a, a much vaguer phase in our brains right now. But in terms of the actual outcome of all this stuff, that's very much just in the future and we'll see. Yeah. And I think, you know, we had a line in the Kickstarter video at one point, it was like, oh, we're gonna, our goal is to make Idle Thumbs as big and as special as our readers will let us. And I still think that's just the case. You know, I think Idle Thumbs is always, like the readers are so important to us and the tone of the site and the fact that it's there and how it's organized and how it's together. So I think like, you know, the community is gonna drive a lot of the growth as well, obviously. We feel like we're as a part of that as, as the readers are. Jake's, Jake's got something to say. Um, oh, I don't anymore. <laughs> and, and, it's, and one thing our casts have in common is that they've both grown entirely through word of mouth and yeah. essentially fan-driven like marketing. I mean, it's, you know, there's it was, no... It was maybe a weird experiment on, part, on our part, sorry. But when we first started doing Autothons as a podcast, we kind of said to ourselves... Maybe we shouldn't be weird crass promotion machines about this. What if we just put the content up and don't actually tell anyone? <laughs> and just, see, I mean, just see more business sense. From wow. Yeah, that was that was wow. early days. It was an experiment. I don't know. We, yeah. we knew that we had a community who kind of liked that from its worked, previous though. iterations. Yeah, yeah, it worked. And, and yeah. it did work. And we've been totally community grown from then. And it's it's really awesome. You know, just just from my perspective, like you know, as, as we as we were considering this and thinking about. You know, kind of what the podcast has meant to you, Troy, and uh, you know, kind of the pride I, I know you guys take in yours. I don't know. It's just you know, one of the one of the you know ongoing frustrations I think over the past few years is among people who do podcasts and kind of take it seriously and really invest themselves in it. You know, there's always this sort of podcast kind of exists at least for me. Like Through Ahead is occupies this weird twilight where it's like. You know, it doesn't really, you know, make a lot of money, but it also consumes a lot of time. You take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you try to, like, link it to your own work as much as possible. Yeah, I will totally cop to Three Moves Agenda, sometimes being driven by whatever the hell else I happen to be doing that week. Oh, it, all, it always has been. I mean, there's that, no that, way around that. that. Yeah. Those are the it always, stuff you it always was when I was doing it. I mean. Yeah. But at the same time, then, that also, that I mean, to an extent, that also leaves you with very little time to invest in sort of improving the podcast. You know, like, yes. it's yeah. enough to sort of, you know, rally the, rally the troops for, for another week and, like, okay, we got to do this. Uh, and, you know, the, the frustration that was setting in for me is it was like, you know... It was all my other work that was sort of that was actually sort of like paying me, you know, paying money and keeping keeping the show afloat and generating topics. Uh, but but the 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 show itself was kind of, you know, it it, it you know it was, the listenership was still still slowly growing, but the the list of things we wanted to do, Troy, I think, was just like steadily growing, and yeah. uh, we weren't really sure how to take it to that next level. So yeah, I mean, when, when I heard like that you guys were at least you know you guys had the foundations of a business plan in place, but more importantly, uh, you were really focused on creating a community and a web space that would really. Uh, you know, suit podcasts, you know, that, that 
I mean, for me, that was that was the one thing that you know was really that had really been frustrating me about Three Moves Ahead for a while, which was that you know it it just it, it didn't quite there there was no place for us to bring together uh, the community we built in one place and interact with them on a regular basis uh, outside of these episodes and common threads, and so I mean this you know what what I was really looking what I've really been looking forward to is just. Uh, you know, you know, to to see what sort of engagement we can we can build out of this. Uh, you know, to finally to finally give us a place to. I mean, I'm really excited by the idea of like, you know, getting game groups together on a regular basis because you know it can be tough to find people to play a given strategy game with. Uh, and then seeing, you know, see, seeing if there is a way to you know finally sell you know ad space for a group of podcasts as opposed to one podcast, things like that. Uh, it's, you know, a lot of this is unknown. Some of it may fall short, but it's, it's something I I think we really need to find out whether or not some of this stuff can work if you have the right people around you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's super exciting, at least. I don't know. Like, I think we all, the the thing about podcasts is, especially people who listen to them, I grew up listening to a lot of radio all the time. I live in a small town and like I knew the radio personalities all the time. And then and I discovered podcasts when I went up to school. And then, uh, you know, I, when I first moved to San Francisco, there was, I moved here by myself. I didn't know anybody. Like, I worked with Jake, but I, I don't think we talked for like for six months. No, I, I didn't like, like you. Yeah, I don't like you either. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I started, yeah. And, um, and uh, so I would just come home and listen to podcasts. Like, they became sort of like, you have, you build a relationship with audio that you don't, you build a different relationship with video and you build a different right. relationship with live tv it's yeah. it's and weird it's like inside your brain in a totally more intimate strange way it's not better or worse it's just different and mm-hmm. you connect to it and it was like it's always been a super important part of my life and i think i don't know where i was going with that other than it's really great to get other people around who just simply like the act of doing it and i think we all would do it if there was only if there was one guy like in a Arctic base station. I would probably record out of thumbs if it was just us sitting in a room and it was a bizarre psychological experiment where the microphone wasn't even <laughs> anything. I would just keep doing it, even if I knew, even if I was the one guy in the room who knew it was an experiment. <laughs> At the end of the sad Twilight Zone movie, they yeah. reached at the you're cord the, and you're, it's the, you're the researcher who's manufacturing the listener numbers every week right. to like see what effect that has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, I never really expected my life to be on this side of the microphone ever. Um, but it's <laughs> that was an amazing thing. Man, to say. I never really expected my life to turn out. I did. No, I always like I just like listening to this. I always <laughs> imagine myself as an audience member. But it's equally gratifying. And I think the thing is, is like now I get to do both with you guys on the on the site because then I can talk and then I can listen to you guys at the same time. I've also been listening to a lot more podcasts ever since we decided to go. Yeah, with me this. too. It's funny actually. I I never really listened to podcasts before we started doing Idle Thumbs. There was like two. And now I, I listened to a whole bunch. Yeah, and. uh there are a lot of good ones out there. Yeah, I, I have trouble keeping up just because for like my podcast consumption was really high when I was commuting, but working at home, it's like there's only so many dishes, so many dishes a man can clean, and uh, that's, <laughs> you know that that that, that, becomes, that becomes an issue with podcast consumption, and it's impossible yeah. to write. Uh, we'll see new podcast at least yeah. for me. Like, oh yeah, just, yeah either right. some people yeah, either don't hear them Nick or Reckon I'm engaged. Really with them claims to be able writing. to work, well but he's a savant. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. I'm so far behind on my podcast listening. Really it's also a medium where nobody tells you what to do. I mean, we're going to tell you guys what to do, obviously, like we said before. <laughs> but uh, nobody tells, like, and I think 
you've seen a lot of guys fall out of radio because eventually like the network shuts them down or advertisers drive their content and the format yeah. is so structured that it's pretty liberating. Just no, like, I don't know. I need that. <laughs> Nobody has to tell me what to do. So, and I think that's why there's sort of this heyday of really amazing content out there that because nobody's constraining yeah. well, it. and it's just, it's a unique thing to be able to, to do, especially this isn't our professional lives in the sense that it, in none of our cases, is this actually, you know, what our job is, but I think we all connect it to our professional lives because we all exist in the games industry in some way or another. Yeah. And I definitely agree, you know, with what Troy, you were saying to the, to the degree that this is probably the thing I'm, I'm proudest of in my professional life. Not yep, even probably, same. it certainly is. I mean, it's just, there isn't actually even a question about it for me. I've, I've done some things I'm really happy about in, in the games industry on kind of both the journalism development side, but I, Idle Thumbs, the way people have responded to it and the, the, the I don't know, the just passion they've responded to it is constantly surprising to me. And it really is incredibly gratifying knowing it's something that we conceived and just do ourselves. And yeah, there's just something really satisfying about it. And so I think everyone else is getting at that with the notion of, oh, I would do this even if no one is listening. And it's, I think the fact that people are listening helps though, because that's how I know that we're doing something right, but it that's is, meaningful to people. It is amazing that there's a thing that we enjoy so much that we would do it if no one was paying attention. Yeah. But the people who well, do I'm the one who has to edit it, so <laughs> you can say that. But. That's true. <laughs> but I know what you mean. I, 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 take, I take your point entirely. But yeah, the kindness of, of the people who listen to Idle Thumbs has been like mind-blowing to me. It's yeah, the most it's kind. Terrifying, like, I don't know so if that's, that's the only word I know how to use. It's just like incredibly kind, gracious people. Except it's, that one guy. Except that oh, one guy who walked up and punched you in the gut. That was really bad. Are you Big Bird? Bam! Right in the belly. That was you, Sean. Said we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Not on the air. Not today. All right. Not with guests. Or we're guests. We're in somebody else's home. Button it up. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think going off of that a little bit, too, I, I think, you know, certainly, certainly you, Chris, and you, Troy, probably got really familiar with the feeling of running up against restrictions in how much you could explain what you mean. I mean, you're you're always up against deadlines, or more often, the issue is word count. Like, how you know how much can you dive into something that seems like an interesting tangent and really explore like a chain of thought when you're doing this on someone else's dime, on someone else's space. Uh, you know, it, it's what I lo what I love about what we do and wh what you guys do is there's there's a there's a real chance to get beyond. There's a real chance to get beyond like sort of simple evaluative judgments where it's like this is good, this is bad, I like this, and really sort of begin, you know, teasing apart like an experience, like the experience of playing a game. Uh, you know, when, when I think to some of the things I've heard on your show, like your discussions of the uh, Kane and Lynch games, which are deeply flawed games in a lot of ways, but. You don't like. There's there's a lot more to them, and you know, on the episodes where you brought that up on Idle Thumbs, you're able to start exploring that experience, like why it's flawed and what really works and what's unique and worthwhile about that. And certainly in my own writing, sometimes it feels like there's so much more I want to say, but we're out of time, and you got to get to the bottom line. And I like that podcasting is so often, you know, not about bottom line thinking. That's definitely true, and actually. I would even say for me, the comparison between uh, doing kind of full-time professional journalism and doing this 
the podcast, Idle Thumbs in our case, is actually a little different than what you described for me. For me, the thing that I always enjoyed most about uh, being a full-time journalist was doing interviews and getting to talk to extremely intelligent people. I mean, I, I really, really enjoy conversation with intelligent people, with people who are going to make me think about things in a way that maybe I, I wouldn't have if I was just sitting around thinking by myself or writing by myself. Uh, and that was what I what I enjoyed most. And I loved uh, both the Chak News and Gama Sutra, actually, which were the two places I worked before I was at Irrational. Um, I was able to do long form interviews with just incredibly intelligent people in this industry. And there are plenty of those. Uh, and so doing out of thumbs, it was it was very different in that we're not really an interview show, but every week I would get to talk to other really intelligent people about really interesting things. And that to me, I think is what I enjoy about it the most. And I will always end up having more interesting insights talking with those people than I would if I was just percolating alone. Uh, and a lot of, I think a lot of the things that I ended up, and I, I, don't, I can't speak for the other guys if this is the same for them, but often I'd be on idle thumbs and I would formulate some, you know, wacky, crazy in-depth thought about a game just on the fly because of the the other half of the conversation, the other two thirds of the conversation that the other guys around would be, would be having as well, Jake and Sean and, and Nick and Steve. Uh, and that's something that I really value about Idle Thumbs. And it's, I, I just love that, that this is a medium that is entirely about that. It's basically just my favorite thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also, at least I, like I've only ever worked in development and development, you know, you, you build it, you make a game, you maybe do a postmortem and you go on to the next thing. But uh, the sort of like very in-depth, teased out reflection phase is, is not just, it doesn't seem like it's part of the culture of the, culture of the industry that much. No. And I will say like the amount of reflection on choices that you make as a designer and then also that other people have made in the statements that they're putting out in your same medium uh, is incredibly, incredibly valuable. And I think... There are a lot, you know, I think other media maybe do a better job at it, actually. But I will say for me personally and professionally, going, blocking out two and a half hours a week of just pure thoughtful reflection on what I've made and what other people have made uh, has been the most valuable thing in my career. And, and not let's that be it, honest. Not that in the case of Vital Thumbs, it's ever pure thoughtful reflection. Yeah. <laughs> we, also, we also might enjoy having conversations about the time that Nick was in an airport and uh, a guy told him that they should steal Jeff Goldblum's shoes. Yeah, and spin off and talk about that for 20 minutes. Well, I mean, you know, that's also important because then you just end up putting that back in you. That's how Phaedrus almost <laughs> made it in Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that was an oh, God from Rob. This is like, we've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> Abort! No, it's just, I was just thinking like, oh, God, I get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone like, too far. Uh yeah, too deep. but uh, anyway, <sighs> podcasts are super good. Yeah, Were there any should... particular questions? Yeah, we should switch to some, some listener questions. There weren't uh, very many. Generally, this generally have been very enthusiastic uh, in their support. Uh, there have been a couple of questions. I'll read one from Shadow Tiger. That's a general question, uh, I guess. Mm, um, Got to watch out for that guy. Shadow Tiger, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure what his real name is. I probably do know. But oh, that is his real that name. That is his real name. He's Native uh, American. <laughs> I feel like such a racist right now. 
The only what the fuck are you doing issue I can think of raising for the next podcast is sponsorship. So far you collect donations once a year. It doesn't even cover all your costs, if I'm not mistaken. Do you plan on exploring more options going forward, such as providing incentives to donate frequently or doing advertising? It is something to consider if you experience growth in the next two years. Well, yes, it is something to consider. Um, so yeah, what is the story with uh, revenue, I guess? People are asking, uh, what, are the fi- what do the finances look like? Um, we aren't getting cut a check for $50,000. $70,000. That'd be sweet. Kickstarter made it rain. Yeah, as it, as it does. It also makes it just a pathway of broken dreams, too. God. <laughs> if you ever want to just be really depressed, go and look at the elephant graveyard of failed Kickstarter Oh, no, we, we discussed this last week. It's bleak. Oh, yeah, you guys did, didn't you? Oh, my oh. God, it's bleak. It's, there's, there's some really Chris and I did ones. that 24 hours before launching ours. That was during the meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> and it well, is, um, the, the so really, is a sad world out there. And I should not take the glee that I do sometimes in really awful Kickstarters, like... Where it's just like basically, just give me money. Just, just look, fuckers, give me money, <laughs> and like nobody donates. Oh, I can't handle it. Even the sad ones make me really. Oh, even the bad ones where the guys just sort of. Oh, even the mad ones. The mad, the sad, the glad ones. <laughs> uh, so not to. I don't. I don't know if we want to speak exactly to like revenue plans, right. but I do think we are open to exploring yeah. anything this and is, everything. This is definitely a case where we have some ideas, but we just have absolutely no clue which ones will work if any of them will work yeah. i mean the right. thing that people always say about podcasts which is uh, a little foreboding is oh yeah you can't make any money from a podcast <laughs> oh you know who the hell knows yeah but i yeah. you know i think and obviously like we have an agreement with you guys in the event you know that money shows up obviously for your readers to know that it's not just like like we're part of a network and there's a, a structure to that that we've loosely defined uh but well as, as far as advertising sponsorships donations sort of community club type things basically what's going to end up happening i think is when we put the site up people are going to see us uh collectively throwing a fair number of things against the wall to see what sticks and we do, i mean i would say just amongst us we have some pretty fun <laughs> just amongst the three of well, us well like <laughs> you know i think just i mean in talking about what we could do there's some pretty fun ideas in there like there's some pretty, yeah. like there's some crazy yeah. shit that we're really excited about and uh, stuff that we've mentioned to you guys, but you know, yeah, uh, we'd like to, yeah. How to make money? We, the word that we kept bringing up in the Kickstarter was sustainable. This costs us money every month. So, yeah. and then also just the amount of like sweat <clears throat> equity that is in this thing from, a, especially on the web development side from guys who aren't on this cast right now, like uh, Doug and Mike, there's a lot of resource and time and money in, in It'll be really sad when, like, we'll, it's weird, yeah. the Kickstarter fund countdown. We have three casts left. <laughs> That'll be the most depressing yeah. thing ever, you know? We don't want to do that. No, I mean, we're, it's definitely weird right now. We're setting up all of the, like, infrastructure for all the stuff we've been talking about, all the stuff we want to do. And it's like, boy, I sure hope we can actually, uh, yeah. like, keep this running. Yeah. Every, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing people have to realize. This is a, this isn't, you know, this isn't, the money that's been raised isn't the end. It is, you know, it's a lot of money. We hope. Uh, but it's 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 going it's going we into hope. infrastructure. It's going into the back end, make everything run as smoothly as possible. That there is going to be some revenue generated somehow. Um, the division is to be worked out. We have an interim agreement. Uh, a lot of procedures have to be in place. But yeah, we are thinking about this with business terms in mind. Um, so don't worry about us. You know. Well, 
losing too much. Um, at least losing. Oh, no you more, should worry. Lo- lo- <laughs> It'd be good if you worried. Losing <laughs> ahead is not going to lose any more than it already does. How's that? No, I mean, well, that was the yeah, thing is well, because right. yeah. I mean, and we talked and talked about that amongst ourselves is that yeah. because there's so many undefined, like we have no idea what the future holds for your cast or our cast or our cat our casts together. So there is not like there's no there's no crazy deal to strike other than. Let's yeah. make something super fair that lets you guys yeah. be you guys and us be us guys and and uh, like where it uh, makes sense exactly to I mean, yeah it have an overlap where it makes sense and also this, just the benefit of numbers you know this is an adventure we're taking together and until we see how things roll out um, we don't know what the final picture is going to look like but uh, we're excited to explore all these exciting options yeah. right and I will say like as as you were discussing sort of your ideas oh. for you know like. For instance, getting like like producing actually like quality merchandise that people like would actually enjoy owning, as opposed to just the, uh, you know, cafe press okay, T-shirt yeah. with the yeah. name on it. Like, uh, you know, that seems that seems really uh, important and instructive in some ways. Like, you know, if you look at the difference between like a donation drive and a Kickstarter, you know, for some reason you're still supporting each project, but at Kickstarter, those rewards seem to make a huge difference. Like, Oh yeah. The, I think the there's coolness something psychological of... about knowing that there's a target that these people are shooting for. Like Kickstarter requires you to explain what you're going to do in some degree of detail. You have to give away a reward. You have yeah, to there's it. very clearly defined reward structures. I mean, there's definitely something about a Kickstarter uh, that has a certain tone to it that I that I think works for people. But I do but think I mean, there's to... lessons to be drawn from that and applied to fundraising, you know, down Absolutely. the road. Yeah, yeah, no question. And I mean, there, are, you know, I mean, we, we again, we don't know how all of our stuff is going to look in the future. But I mean, you know, you can look at what other people with other podcasts have done, like the Maximum Fun guys, and like. There are other podcast places on the internet that have ways that they solicit, you know, donation and support in all different forms from their readers, and you know, we'll 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 see what ours ends up looking like. We do really like to make stuff, though. I think that yeah. was something that was really, yeah. I mean, that was huge for me going into this mm-hmm. as being, you know, you have no idea how how re- rewarding and just personally fulfilling and exciting it has been just to design and source and make shirts yeah, the right way the way you want to do it the way that you when you open your drawer and that shirts in there you're gonna go oh shit we are <laughs> so dorkily excited for the day that like the art prints come in the eps come in the, all the t-shirts come in and we can sort of bundle them all up and take a picture of them and be like okay guys here's all the amazing weird stuff that that you get because of because you back battle thumbs kickstarter like and, and then i'll and hang we, it all up we've on my all wall. kind of been doing that our whole careers you know i mean it's like yeah Chris has been making music. Jace has, uh, Jake has made newspaper newspapers. Uh, Sweet. Like half of my job when I first got in the industry was just sourcing artists to do concept art at Disney. And uh, we've all, it's just the idea of, of, of making something that's a, of a high quality and getting people excited about it. Like, yeah, we'll sell it, obviously, and that'll be part of the, how we make the, how we yeah. raise money. But God, just the making of the stuff is the thing that's most exciting. Yeah, you'll notice, you'll notice in those examples that they're all things that we used to do or do as hobbies, but are really, really, really passionate about. And using Idle Thumbs as an opportunity to turn that into something tangible that we can give to people is huge. Yeah. And so, it's, been, it's been great figuring out all of our kind of local partners for uh, production of all this merchandise and so on and going into their actual shops and seeing the way they make this stuff and knowing that, you know, that's something Sean really pushed on early and like the ability to go into these places 
and see exactly what the product is going to look like and just know from square one that we're putting it in really capable hands and guide it all along the way. Rob? That's a weird thing that people don't Three moves ahead shirt confirmed, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the thing is, the only thing that comes to mind is the goddamn chick parabola. And you just just know. (laughs) We, We just have to kick all that right back to Tom. Just all of it. It's, it's it's our only meme. <laughs> we we are. But you we, know what? There's a whole new future now yeah. that you're tied to the idle thumbs oh. umbrella of meme creation and <laughs> right. bullshit art town. There Power up the meme generation like device. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Under, the, under the weight don't, of that sentence. Don't worry. Three moves ahead, readers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. we're, we're we're just going. We're we're going to we're going to derive an endless supply of obscure inside jokes that will make the show increasingly inaccessible for new listeners. We really try listeners. not to do that, but I guess we do. We are horrible at <laughs> not doing it. Goldblum, we'll okay? It, right? Goldblum. Um, <laughs> anyway. Sure, we could do something with the Mannerheim line, I'm sure. We, we probably could. Uh, so, a couple other questions. Um, <laughs> Joel Wells asks... What strategy game would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? <laughs> Oh, this is where our idle thumbs ex- expertise oh, Imperial comes in. Imperial 2030. Most... <laughs> <laughs> Pikmin 2. Oh, yeah, Pikmin 2. Oh, Pikmin 2. Done. Pikmin Next 2 question. actually is a legit strategy game. Multiplayer Pikmin 2. Uh, amazing head-to-head uh, strategy on, on a console. So this is us talking about dumb console games? <laughs> you know, it's like Mario. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about it on our show. Pikmin you guys don't have to talk about it on your strategy. show. These guys introduced me to to Pikmin 2 during the live stream of the Kickstarter finale, and I've been stealing time playing that game uh, since. And I felt like you were letting me win this weekend. It was really disheartening. You should have just been destroying me. You told me the exact opposite before we started. I said, don't let me win. You didn't. Oh, I said, go easy on me? Yes. You said, said, if I play with Chris, (laughs) he's just going to beat me all the time. And you didn't, though, but then I knew that it was because you let me win, and I didn't take... I think there was at least wins. one game in there where that, like, you fully won that. I'm, I'm certain. <laughs> All right, we're, we're losing, oh, sight, we're losing sight of the urinating six-year-old. Oh, I, I think Pikmin, well, Pikmin, I think too. Pikmin 2 is actually a really good strategy game for a six-year-old who is it, peeing on himself. It won't teach them about bedwetting in any meaningful way. Or blowy guy. But, but what... Blowy guy will dry out your, dry out your mattress. <laughs> Don't worry, blowy guy's this here. Is, so it, enough, Sean. here's the thing, like I like so it's been so long since I've been a console gamer of of any stripe. Me too, that, actually. Like, I, I've, I've totally been a like while since I console what games. what is Pikmin? Pikmin so Pikmin is a game that is essentially a real time strategy game, and it came out for the GameCube, and there was a sequel Pikmin 2. And you control a small alien who moves around this world that's essentially a our world with like Duracell batteries and like bottle caps and crap in it. So you're a small guy in this and you pull up these little plant like aliens out of the ground that you essentially recruit into an army that roves around with you and you can direct them to attack enemies or to carry things and you can split them up into groups and, and take them around. I mean, it, it really is essentially a real time strategy game uh, with kind of a capture the flag structure to it. So the part though the game the aspect of the game we always talk about is Pikmin 2 multiplayer specifically, which is a one player versus one player uh essentially capture the flag by way of RTS. So you're trying to capture the opponent's marble from his base, he's trying to capture yours, 
Meanwhile, there are four neutral marbles, and if, or actually more than four. And if either player captures all four of them, you can win. So there's two uh, victory conditions. You either capture your enemy's marble, or you capture these neutral ones. Uh, and it, it being a real-time strategy game, it gets really competitive. And you can start doing multitasking to a high degree. So you can be sending some group of Pikmin over here to try to steal your enemy's marble. Meanwhile, you're taking down enemies over in this different part of the map. Uh, and then because, you've got like four guys harvesting neutral marbles off in the side. Exactly right. And there's all kinds of bait and switch you can do and, uh, you know, tricky maneuvers. And because it's the same screen, uh, you're, there's a whole another kind of meta layer of strategy that comes with what you're actually showing on your screen because you know your opponent can always look at your screen at any time. So you, hmm. a high enough level play, like you get really hardcore about making it look like you're doing different things than you are for those moments when your opponent steals like a glance at your screen. distracted and looks at your screen. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it gets... Re we, we haven't played as much recently, but Jake and I used to play a lot, and there was a point, I think, where we played at an extremely high level. Yeah, but at, <laughs> at the same time, it's still, it is a GameCube game, and the, like, the number of units and the size of the maps mm -hmm, is not yeah. huge, so the sort of turnaround time per round is, is pretty short for a real-time strategy game. Right. Say. Uh -huh. uh, but that's, that's also an appeal to a certain degree because that makes, yep. it, it, makes it a really different yeah, experience. You, you, can play, you can play a number of rounds in, you know, on an, in an evening. But the biggest, the biggest problem here is it seems to it requires a GameCube. Yes. Or a or, Wii. Or a Wii. Wii. Yeah, but actually, was, there's, no actually, a way, the there's actually bigger, one bigger problem. There's a much bigger problem is that the game essentially costs about $250 at this point because it's no longer in print. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. When we did, oh. it's when on we... eBay for two hundred and fifty dollars. It's bad. That is when we... surprising. God, every time I contemplate the world beyond PC gaming, it's just so fucking depressing. I know. It was. Believe me, I feel <laughs> the same way. I <laughs> this game came out many years ago uh, on GameCube, which is why I'm familiar with it. But man, it bums me out that I can't just get it on Steam or something. Yep. There was an extensive literal amount of or amount of literal dusting off of hardware yeah. to to get this thing up and running for our live stream because we were like, oh man, we should play Pikmin two. Gonna do that? Okay, Pikmin 2 GameCube, <laughs> SD, progressive scan stream, like, okay, this is going to be... It was really fun to bring that game back for a little bit, though, and play it. Yeah, so is, there, is there any sort of emulation solution for that, or...? Yeah, there's the Dolphin emulator for the PC, but again, the bigger problem is just getting your hands on the game. Right, yep. right, right, yeah. Troy, so that's Troy, a pretty bad, <laughs> pretty bad... Sorry, six-year-old... <laughs> Go back to well, bed. If, he's, if he's a rich six-year-old. Yeah, you just asked for a game recommendation. You didn't... <laughs> yeah. Logistics were not included in the question. The bracket of a six-year-old. Uh, Troy, what, what's, your, uh, what's your bedwetting game? My, my, my bedwetting game is to change the sheets before the parents find out. Um, but besides <laughs> that... Um, I never had that chutzpah. Uh, trying to think. I have to give a six-year-old a... It has to be a strategy game. That was the, that was the question. A bedwetting. This is a stupid. I bet you question. could take Adam Zombie Smasher and turn the difficulty uh, way way down. I swear to God, I was gonna I was gonna say are, Adam Zombie Smasher. Are you sure yeah. Tom Chick didn't send this question? It just seems absolutely bizarre enough for him to send it. In. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, a light city builder. Like I'm gonna play Outpost Koloki. Outpost Koloki? Yeah. I've heard of Outpost, but. Yeah, Outpost Cloak is an old independent game. It's very cute. Mm. It's about uh, managing a space station, and you have to keep everyone happy in the space station with things showing up. Oh, God, it came out... It's The first version came out okay. seven years ago. 
something like hmm. that. But uh, there's a you can get it on the 360. It came out yeah, it came out in 2005 for the 360, 2004 for Windows. God, Google can't even find it. How do you spell this again? Koloki, K A L O K I, Outpost Koloki. Okay. K A L O K I. All right. So yeah, Outpost Koloki. There'll be a link yeah, to legit it. Legit answer from Chrome. <laughs> Because it's cute and it's relaxing, but it's got, you know, resource management and base yeah. station building. I'm seeing a free game download at NinjaBee.com. That's probably sketchy, right? Ninjabee Ninja Ninja is the developer, so. Okay, then it's probably cool, right? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, let's uh, so try that game out. I guess for me, it would, oh, it would totally be oh, um, Adam Zombie Smasher, because I think there's a lot of advantages there. There's a lot of gameplay modes, so it kind of like it's, it's a game that keeps, like, I think stays fresh. Uh, mm -hmm. It's pretty lighthearted. Um, it's got this. It, it's fast paced, so it, like will we'll engage like a six year old, and it's got just that 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 awesome soundtrack. Uh, and that, so I think it's a game you're gonna be you're gonna be like pumped up enough. You're like really gonna like engage with the game, and then at some point, rather than like being asleep, you're gonna be like, hey, I've got to go to the bathroom, and uh, that child is on the path to adulthood. That's true, <laughs> and that game is. You know, it's worth saying is brutally unforgiving at default settings, but Brendan included just a massive amount of custom ability uh, with just about every different parameter in the game. So you could, I think, you could easily get it uh, appropriate for a six-year-old bedwetting six-year-old mode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the long campaign I think needs needs something because I like I just <laughs> annihilated that thing like with the the long form campaign. Oh really? Oh yeah, I got so far yeah, ahead. I did too after like... I played. I, pl I played oh, a man. lot of that game. I, I got to, to, get over to I got to the point where I could basically dismantle it. It's yeah, also that's... another thing that's great just for a youngster is that it, you can play with just click on everything on the screen. You don't have to use any quick keys, and if the kid gets a little over his head, he can space bar and slow down time. And it requires. It does not require ten-year-old hardware. No, that's true. Yeah, uh, so so that's a, that's, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, so you, you got a, you got a range of options there for your. I hear Brendan's raising the price though to three hundred dollars. So <laughs> he just told us that just while we we're working on thirty flights of loving it. And it's only uh, only the GameCube port is available. Send all checks your three hundred dollars checks to Idle Thumbs LLC. Yeah. Uh, we'll be sure to to email you the game. <laughs> Uh, that's, how you, we got, that's how you get it now. That's how we're getting it now. We're also going to run a, a, a shareware floppy drive. So oh, that's, that's check the, that out. Yeah, you send us $500 and we send you $0.18 cents worth of 10-year-old software. Yeah, so you guys asked about revenue models. You kids yeah. like the Doom? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got the Doom. <laughs> yeah, so, the uh, model is knee-deep in the dead. <laughs> so uh, Duncan Palmer asks... If we have any thoughts on the possibility of doing more board game episodes or even a dedicated Three Moves Ahead, Idle Thumbs board game show spinoff. That's like that a, sounds that's pretty good. Yeah. We, we did would, not have any time for that. that idea. <laughs> yeah, no, it seems it like, like a thing that... Time. Actually, you know what we should try one time? Um, the only very uh, particular games work this way, but one thing that Steve and I did when we were in Boston... Uh, was play a a board game through Google. What is it? Hangout. Hangout. Or, yeah, Google Hangout uh, with our friend Whitney, who was uh, in San Francisco at the time, and we played Tales of the Arabian Nights, which is not a strategy game at all. I mean, it's barely even a game. It's essentially just sort of a a narrative experience dressed up as a board game. It, it's awesome, but it's 
not very game-like, but it was totally seamless. We had her um, her face up on the TV uh, with webcams pointing at all of us. And so Steve and I were in the same room. She was 3,000 miles away. And it really felt like absolutely the next best thing to being in the room with someone uh, playing a board game. And like, it might be How homesick were you guys? Five people, but we could, <laughs> they <laughs> really liked Boston. <laughs> Skyping with somebody three thousand miles away. <laughs> it, I gotta say, it worked amazingly well. We we had a copy of the game. Uh, you know, she had a copy in her apartment, and we had a copy in my apartment, and uh, we just kept everything synced up, and it was it was pretty awesome. Well, we kept talking about doing that with Imperial Twenty Thirty, but we never did it. Yeah, yeah. Imperial Twenty Thirty. Man, have you guys played that game, Troy and Rob? No, no, I, I haven't. Love this game. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it. It's a big uh, kind of economic warfare game, essentially set on a world map, and it's. It's just fantastic. It's got enough of a theme that you can... Uh, it's mechanical enough, and it's got just the right amount of theme that it really invites, like, incredibly... Uh, it's like what vibrant... Yeah. Like, really, like, vibrant uh, meta-narrative, I guess, where yeah. we would sort of build the the narrative of what was happening in the, in the mechanics of the game across, like, across the globe amongst yeah. each other. It's really great. You basically play as investors who are who are moving across the world, buying up uh, chunks of stake in a country, and then build it. Essentially, buying influence. You're buying influence in a country to make them profitable, and then taxing the living shit out of them to pad your coffers, and then investing in other countries. So it's like the game Syndicate pretends to be. It's what it's kind of what Syndicate would be like on the uh, zoomed out to like the broadest scale yeah you know so right. there's none of the 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 warfare model in this game is incredibly simple it's just units cancel each other out it's like risk. Uh, it's like risk yeah. yeah but but it's not a warfare game it's an economic game and so it's it's really like if you take the future of what a game like syndicate promises this is what the guys at the highest levels pulling the strings are doing is essentially yeah. what's going on in the this world game. is essentially just controlled by the four to six people who are playing the game. and it's a total german game so i mean it's all just there's no luck involved. It's all, it's purely yeah. mechanical. It's, it's fantastic. So yeah, for sure. in answer to the question, I would say, I mean, you know, I mean, there you hear, like, there's a lot of interest for it, certainly, but I, but I think the problem you run into again and again with board games is like, well, the same is the, the same problem that afflicts board gaming in general is like, you've got to sort of, it's tough assembling the group sometimes around a single game, especially like, to do a regular podcast on board games, like you really need people putting a lot of time into board games and money. <laughs> yeah, God, it is. Oh my yeah. God, it's it's so much worse than than gaming, uh, than, than computer gaming. But well, the thumb. I mean, one thing that's great. I mean, I think we should. You know, if we could figure out a way to get everybody somewhere, we could do a one-off episode. You know, like a big. Sure. You know, that'd be really great. And I think we've traditionally done that. The thumbs formats loose enough to where we'll do one-off event episodes based on. A trade show we're at or somebody in town or something like this. So that sounds like a great yeah. idea. If you guys want to play a board game, we'd be up for that. We can we can do it via yeah. Skype apparently. We we can work it out. Chris Chris knows what he's doing. Yeah. Cross country Skype board gaming. Uh Google Hangout. Google Hangout, excuse me. Please. I forgot that this is brought to us by Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't tell you guys that Google's sponsoring us now. So oh, we're all set as, of, as of this moment. As of right, as of a second ago. Just give me the look. <laughs> and one last question, because uh, it's been on my mind lately, but Duncan Palmer asked it. Uh, 
He's wondering if the Idle Thumbs crew will help at all with audio quality, like buying us all the same mics, mic set, etc. And I don't think we all need microphones, but I think Troy might need a microphone. Well, Bruce just so bought let's... a new one today. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, me, yeah, uh, mine's getting pretty old. My microphone headset got banged up a bit in the move uh, to, back to Canada. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't even know. We should talk to this about how you guys record your thing because we're always kind of experimenting with our sound quality and ways we want to record it. So, you know, we want everything to sound good. So, yeah. All right, so I think I think this is a good cross section of what Idle Thumbs and Three Moves Ahead is. Uh, I think you got a real slice of uh, the Idle Thumbs Network life. Uh, so I think we gonna be great. Can... <laughs> and why and why we're building a big firewall between the two? <laughs> yep, about two hundred and fifty yards of cleared territory, and Troy and me with machine guns watching the horizon. Uh, so three MA DMZ. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. When we have to do any sort of business, you have to get the guy that you lean into the political room and link arms so we don't well, yank him gonna, across to our side. It's going to be like the India-Pakistan border where we have guards on each side who perform ever more <laughs> elaborate like daily gate-closing rituals to try to make their side look like essentially just Ministry of Funny Walks. Yeah. <laughs> Giant purple bloomer pants. Have you guys ever seen the videos of that? It's insane. No. We were talking about it recently. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a guarantee so, that Idle Thumbs will have the more ostentatious marching ritual, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Please. Got our good name at, at stake here. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much, guys, for coming on the show and explaining a little bit of what the hell we're all doing here together. <laughs> we're, we're so sorry. <laughs> and, you know, well, you know what? It saved me from having to, uh, you know, create a, a, create a regular topic this week and try to assemble uh, another cast. So, all right, well, so we'll be back next week for next week's edition of the TMA Three Moves Ahead Idle Thumbs Q and A show. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll Actually, week. this is pretty much all you can expect from here on in. Yeah, we'll be talking about My Girl Two next time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, thanks, thanks for coming on the show, the guys. And, yes. Uh, I'm going to bring this to a close while the ten or so listeners we've still got. Are, uh, are next week's, next week's strategy games, I promise. Yeah, as fans of Three Moves Ahead, please don't don't uh, have us back over and over again. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a in really this good format, we will least. not come on your cast and ruin it because there are definitely at least. Oh, I'm not going to put out a number. There are a lot of people who are just have turned this off half an hour ago and are just pissed at the three of us. Yeah, you guys so can have Chris really back sorry. on to talk about Starcraft. Though. Oh yeah, have Chris on, please. Yeah, Pokemon actually, we like. Want. I'm actually in the middle of a Starcraft. Well, okay, I'm watching a lot of like competitive Starcraft. Yeah, man, you've gotten me back into it too. Oh, God, man, I spent like, I'm, like, dying hours to start this weekend playing it again. watching MLG Starcraft two games. There were some good games. Yeah, that was like so. It was I watched. Also, it was awesome to see uh, Marine King take it. Well, that's the thing. Like, I'm watching that dude, and I'm like, okay, I know, like, I know I couldn't play like him, but I'm thinking, but I could probably do something sort of like he does. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's just you what, watch that when, this aspirational like gaming. No, totally. When Nick, when Nick Brecken and I were playing StarCraft Two every day, I mean, I was on your show when we were in the midst of that, and we were watching. Uh, you know, we were keeping up with the at the time the GSL, and we were playing two v two every night. And there was definitely this feeling of like those two things feeding into each other, where we would know we when we'd get on voice chat every evening to play, we both knew we'd seen the games in between our previous session and that point. And so we would we both have the, these crazy strategy in mind that we saw, and you know we rarely could actually pull them off with Panache, but uh, it was 
it felt really awesome to be getting better at it and to have that uh, sort of touchstone. All right, yeah. So, so look forward to another StarCraft show where, uh, unlike the last ones, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a better idea of what the hell we're talking about because I will have seen real pros who understand I will have the game. Do an idea if I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, because I was I was knee deep at, at the time, higher than that. All uh, right, neck deep. <laughs> All right, so nose deep. Thanks, yeah. fellas, and uh, I think it's time to say goodnight, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us.